We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How are you guys doing? How is the rebel-minded nation, should I say? I I would say that. You know, it might be a little small, but we're we're strong, we're committed. <laughs> uh, and if you're here, you understand you can understand the purpose of everything, right? So today is the first time recording in the new space and I am without a desk I'm using an extension cord to plug into my bathroom outlet it's kind of a cool it's kind of a cool little experience my desk is sitting like two foot off the ground because it's actually like a foldable uh table (laughs) but this is this is kind of fun um I'm, I'm I'm stoked to introduce this uh, this episode in in this way, in this small little space, uh, to be without some of the things. Working on getting a desk, but uh, um, I have to create this new space. I've got this um, nice giant closet. You can probably you can probably hear Thor in the background. He's wrestling around. I think he's a little bit impatient tonight. He's ready to go to bed. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked to be in this space, and I can't wait to actually build the podcast this year. I think it's going to be a good year. Things going to things going to move along this year and I've got a couple of really good, interesting people, a couple of guests that are coming up. I can't wait for you guys to hear them. Um, but uh, how is everybody holding up? How is the consistency? How is the resilience? How is the whole rebel-minded idea going? <sighs> Give yourself a pause. Think about that. You know, where are you? Because we get stuck in our mindsets so rigidly sometimes that we forget what we're trying to grow into. It's very, very hard, especially when we're in an environment that asks us to be the old version of ourselves over and over and over again. But um, if we can consistently stay, stay habitual with the things that we dream about, the things that we visualize, by the way, by the way, if you have not read Think and Grow Rich, um, it is a book that I highly recommend. I'm in the middle of it, and you would think it has something to do with money, and it's completely about mindset. And it was, it's going to be a book that I keep by my bedside forever, probably. So if you haven't read that, you'd be amazed what this thing does. And there are some repetitive habits that they ask you to do, and I think it is potentially life-changing. So, dig into this book. Um, 
as always, if you guys could help me out and, you know, review the podcast and, and rate it wherever you can across Apple, across Spotify, that'd be fantastic. And if you guys ever want to reach out and tell your, uh, tell me your story, you know, tell me how things are going for you, how, how the rebel-minded idea and the mindset is going for you, um, that would be fantastic. I would love to hear from you guys. But I don't want to stray too far from where we're going with this. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I love you very much. I thank you very much for being here. Let's get into episode 69, which I was, by the way, going to do an episode based more around relationships, sex, intimacy, and I figured out that I don't have as much wisdom, at least not enough to be confident in what I'm saying. And so that might be for another time. Maybe it will be 169. Um, but until then, until then, maybe we can find a, a specialist, bring in another, uh, another sex and intimacy specialist expert to discuss some things. But until then, I want to make sure I didn't keep you guys from another episode. So let's get to it. This is episode 69, Our Habits and the instinct to battle them. You know, as I strive every day to be the best version of myself, I've realized how much power it really does take to keep myself going. But I do think it's a power that has to be has to be understood. And I definitely think that it has to come from the right roots. And what I mean is the power to endure. The ability to be resilient, the awareness of seeing where we're self-sabotaging ourselves, where we're so horribly, ridiculously inefficient. I've spent years, about 15 of them, honing in a particular skill, and I've become really, really good at what I do with my hands. It's, it's automatic almost, only it didn't start out that way. Blown up tools, blinding electrical arcs in my face, wiring and rewiring because of mistakes it's taken quite a long time to become good at what i do and still live to tell the tale to be quite honest hey did you guys know by the way that the potentially most dangerous voltage is the same 120 volts that is in your house there's somewhere around 400 deaths a year caused by electrocution with about 40 percent of those being in the home but don't worry, as long as you're not standing in puddles while touching your oven or sticking your tongue in a socket while it's raining, you're probably okay. But back to my point. So when habit and skills come to what I'm turning into, it's like being someone who has lost all of their ability, all of those, all of their coherent ability. It's like grabbing at tools with your hands and not being able to grab them, wield them, and use them efficiently. It's its almost like being drunk. <laughs> there, there's a lot of stumbling and stuttering and, and mistakes made, just not with as much life-ending potential as the electrical field. But to create a future after knowing only one thing ever is the hardest thing that I have ever done. For any of us, it's not just changing what we do. It's changing how we think. It's lacking confidence all over again. It's understanding how to create money from nothing rather than it being given to you by employment. It's about building a whole new skill set in an entirely new way. 
and telling the world, this is what I'm trying. I'm doing it to better myself and to better the world. And I could use some help and support. And then you get crickets from everyone around you. And why? Because the people we grow up with most likely are the people that you will also leave behind. And it will be an inevitable sacrifice because not only will they not be growing in the same direction as you, but they also most likely won't be able to understand this new life that you're courageously undertaking. And put some emphasis on that courageously part because it is taking a lot. But don't worry because as you grow, you'll find that there are others just like you. Others to bounce against and collaborate with. Others who will understand and support you. Look, I'm not a writer, not per se, but I've never written more in my life than I do now. I'm not a speaker, an artist, a protagonist, or an entrepreneur, really. Not in my own sense. Not until I decided that I was. And the thing is, we don't have to be making money in order for us to take on a new title. In fact, we have to take on that title in most cases before we make anything in order to believe that's what we will become. And this is one of the many habits that we must take as creatives, explorers, and quote-unquote against-the-grain type humans, rebel-minded humans. Our habits will become our best friends. And the more days that I live, the more that I understand how crucial these things truly, truly are. It's not just about routine. It's about neuroplasticity. It's about a new belief system, a new lifestyle, about sacrifice, about freedom, and raw expression that you've only up to this point been able to express and amplify to the world unapologetically. So as the scientist and human behavior expert that I am, don't, don't look into that, I'm actually not, but there's a hell of a lot that the smallest changes can do if we're willing to sacrifice the time. The thing that is the hardest for most of us to understand, I think, is that we think that changing our habits, journaling, reading, writing, practicing, eating right, exercising, all of the things, we think it's all too much. We can't possibly think of how we could add to our days. And there's the kicker. We really can't. So, that means sacrifice. First, I want to tell you guys the habits that I've taken on. Because in the years that I've been listening to others, testing new things, and finally coming to terms with what works, it's fucking exhausting. Let me tell you, not everything is going to work for you. Nor can you do all of it. So, you have to find the things that make a legitimate change in your lifestyle and help you clear up what mental blocks are in your way. And the only way to do that is to try everything. Seriously. Or as much as you possibly can. Be patient, see what sticks, and then repeat. Again, and again, and again, and again. And what you're looking for is this. It's a moment when you realize that these small habits aren't a hindrance anymore. They don't bother you or stress you out. You actually look forward to them because they keep you stable. They keep your head clear. They make you efficient. And they give you peace. One of the hardest habits but most effective has been me giving myself a day of the week for myself. Completely, completely for myself. Now, this may or may not be for you. It really depends on how you treat yourself now. And I'll explain. So for myself, I had a deep hidden, like something I was unaware of, shame about taking time for myself. Even in all of my acts of numbness and wasting time, 
whether it be watching movies, riding bikes, hanging out with friends, I always deeply felt shame for not working, for not putting in an effort for my future, not making money, not doing things for the people and doing things for myself. It was a built-in past trauma. The point is, I had to take a full day, whether I was ready for it or not, whether I was looking forward to it or not, and practice doing things just for myself. And in the beginning, it was fucking hard. Not just because I still felt shame, but because I couldn't settle. I couldn't decide on anything else to do besides being lazy, pretty much. Just avoiding all things. I'd spent so much time in my head about how bad I was being, I didn't even know how to be creative with my time. But after a while, I started to look forward to my one day a week. A day where I could be free of any work and only give to myself. And sometimes it still gets a little messy, but life is a practice. Can we ever truly perfect a system? Do we even want it to be perfect? My second greatest habit has been reading and journaling. And I know technically that's two, but I do them at the same time. It's become a repetitive motion to do one after the other. And they do me both justice. And in a way, they kind of do go hand in hand. To journal is to do one amazingly important thing, to have a conversation with yourself. You guys have heard me talk about this before. To have a controlled conversation with yourself. You might think this is stupid, but let me tell you this, and probably 10 more times after this. If you don't know why you do what you do, if you're always struggling, if you're feeling helpless and lost and without direction, it's because you don't have good communication with yourself. Your emotions are in control, your past is in control, your trauma, other people, everything and everyone is in control of you except for yourself. And the way to take control? Take ink or graphite and write. At first, it's probably going to be a fucking mess. It'll be emotions and questions and pain and resentment and victimhood. And that's okay. Because what it will become is a controlled slow, empowering conversation that you have with your shadow. Let me tell you something that I heard that was a game changer for me. It was a truth that I continue to remember. You are not your thoughts. Let me say that again. You are not your thoughts. And that's because your thoughts are a collaboration of everything that I spoke of before. They are other people's opinions, your past, your emotions, and they are creating an environment that is not reality. Reality is full of possibility, possibility that is changed by your action, limitless. And if you can change your thoughts, can't you change the way your life is lived? Reality is just what lies outside of us. Reality is nature. It's the way of things. It's the symbiotic relationship with the earth. It's the physical world. It's the science of our man-made creations. Reality is our actions that we take. Reality is our effect on the world around us. It's substance. It's life and death. And the way we think has a drastic, very drastic effect on our personal reality. If we can't think we can grow, we never will. If we can't think of our success, it will never come. If we can't think about our health, we will never be healthy. So the best reason I can give you for why I journal, which has taken years to staple down, by the way, 
is that it allows me early in the morning to empty my mind of its bullshit. After years and years of waking up hating myself, shaming myself, beating myself up, why I'll never be good enough for a woman, why I'll never be good enough for my family, why I'll never be good enough for anybody else in the world. It's allowed me to become very aware of the horrible ways that I used to think and set myself straight. It's allowed for me to become my biggest fan because I can literally write good things about myself. I can hype myself up. I can ask myself all of the important questions and give myself the fucking answers. And the reading, the reading is that compounding effect. If you didn't know this yet, reading does one major thing that not many other things can do as well. Outside of personal experiences, which tend to be limited by our fear, reading can and will give you amazing perspective. It will open your mind to new ideas, epiphanies, and truly motivate you to see outside your own personal world. This is a necessity. A fucking necessity. If you have your head in a book, you've made that choice because something drove you there. Curiosity, pain, desperation, motivation, anger. And we look to the people that wrote these words on paper as something we expect real knowledge from. No one reads a book in order to hate on it. Who has time for that shit? Unless you're one of those that just wants to watch the world burn. And to you I say, I'm sorry that someone has hurt you. But that's why I read after I journal. Journaling is the dumping of shit and the prepping of a clean slate. And the reading is the filling of that slate. With all of the right things. Things for me to ponder, to dissect, to build upon. If you don't like self-improvement, and you think it's a bunch of Nancy stuff, then you can go about your merry fucking way. Because self-improvement, whether you find it in books or not, is the single greatest challenge of life. To become something, something better, something outside of yourself, something of value, something that gives back to the world that we expect so much from. And you know what happens when people don't try to improve? They become an evil that we have to fight. And you're working in self-improvement, whether you realize it or not. What self-improvement if not getting an education? driving for a promotion, being a good father or mother, fighting injustice as a black armored ninja with lots of money who drives through walls and flies through buildings. <laughs> Come on, no hero is better than Batman, guys. Come on, fight me on this. So my last best habit is a little more uncommon maybe, and it's something not everyone necessarily has an issue with. Remember when I said that I had to take time for myself where I felt shame every time I did something for myself, this is actually the reflection of that shame. It's kind of a two-parter. I had to learn to not only enjoy time with myself, but time with my loved ones. It's something that, on even the smallest level, affects a lot of us men. Us men have a horrible time being present, of paying attention to what's in front of us and feeling it, being grateful for it, enjoying it. It's not the doing that men have a problem with. It's the connection. It's the seeing not the thinking during moments that makes us present. We want to be great. We want to be valuable. We want to be providers and seekers of truth and discoverers of mystery. But it's such an amazingly profound calling that we miss the connections with the ones close to us, at least for me. So I felt just as much shame being with my friends as I did with just being with myself. And it was robbing me of so much. It was a constant anxiety in my chest. It pushed me, and still does, to keep myself closed off because I felt it would distract me from my goals. 
even when I didn't know what my goals were. So many times I've turned down friends for work, for working on myself, and it's been so hard for me to truly find what is healthy and what is not, what's too much and what's not enough. It's a horrible feeling when neither of our options feel good because we don't know which one is the best until we realize that there is no best. There is only what we choose and what we do not choose. It's whether we are truly content with the choice that we are making and being present with it. So as a habit, I had to find a way to connect with my friends every week, meaning more than just talking to them at the gym and getting a text and not the expectation of having friend dates every week because schedules don't line up that well all the time, but if at all possible, a weekend hangout or a healthy discussion, to the very least. Now, I know that seems pretty flimsy, but for me, as an actual extrovert, an extrovert that was full of shame about using time for other people, this was big for me, and it may be big for you too. And why people? Why would it matter? Aren't you supposed to grind? To put in the work to get your success? Yes. And fucking yes. But let me tell you something else that changed my life. We all get there differently. At different speeds, in different waves, and through different experiences. No. No, this is not a way of allowing myself to slack off. Although it is hard to know what to sacrifice and what not to. Our most efficient journey, in my opinion, comes from how healthy we get there. How healthy we can get there mentally, physically, and emotionally. There will be times to ramp up productivity. There will be times to celebrate. But the question is, can you know the difference? Can you tell what will get you to your dreams not only efficiently, but with joy? With your health intact? Without destroying empires? With building a strong enough foundation of your own that, that's full of good habits, lifestyle, supportive people, and a way out when things get dark? Some of us will get to our goals fucking fast. Some of us it will take decades. But what was it? Didn't someone say something about the journey being the important part? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll hack that one quite a bit. But one I definitely remember from my favorite people is this. Alan Watts said, Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. So what I've had to find for myself is that to actually stop waiting for joy, I have to do things now. I have to plan joy. I have to live joy. And I have to do it with the humans that I love. I've had to learn joy. And it's been one of the hardest things that I've ever done. In my past, I was so fake about my presence. Fake smiles, fake laughs, fake interest. And it's my own personal life's lesson to remedy that to do things for me, to join others for me, to experience things for me, in order to be able to look back and say, I did myself a favor and didn't wait for life to come to me. I lived it on purpose, and I did it with others. I did it by knowing balance, by giving 100% in everything that I do, my work and my play. And I truly hope that you guys are striving for the same thing. There's so much more to life than habits. And there's so much more to our success than them. But habits are the basis of our change. Most days of my life, I didn't like it. I liked impulse. I liked making free choices. But I think that also, but I think that I also didn't see what lack of habit was doing to me. Lack of habit can leave us wandering. It can leave us without direction. It may be fun, 
But decades later, we can figure out we'd missed a lot. It can leave us not knowing who we truly are, all for the sake of not feeling constricted. But my favorite role model of today, Jordan Peterson, says that a schedule is actually freedom. It actually allows you to set up your days the way that you want, and in doing so, become intentional, become efficient, a way of finding a life that you want to live. So don't be afraid to be intentional, because the worst thing in life will be to look back and wonder why we never chose to become what we wanted to become. To know that with discipline, we could have found out so much more about ourselves, discovered more, and adventured more. In my opinion, a foundation doesn't come without habits. And I say that as a recovering, impulsive joy rider. Maybe impulsive action has its place, but life's success and the full discovery of self cannot be done without habit. Our fullest potential awaits, my friends. So I ask you, what are your greatest habits? How have you gone against the grain and done what others are unwilling to do? Are you taking control of your life, your direction, and your satisfaction? Are you clearing your mind to become your future self? Stay strong and stay rebel-minded, freaks. (laughs) I'll see you out there. And I always, I always love you. This is your host, Zach. Out. Here we are again, at the end. I'm starting to tear up a little bit. And I just want you to know that I'm going to miss you. And I appreciate you. And I love you. And I hope that whatever you're after, you keep fighting for it. Your experience is uniquely your own. And so that means so are the challenges that you face. Stay strong. And don't let anyone diminish who you are or what you dream of being. As your friend and fellow flawed human, stay rebel-minded, my friends. Until next time.